Cunnington, and this is Havilah's Podcast. I'm excited that you're tuning in today. You know, this podcast was created by Truth to Table so I could have a place to share my heart, biblical truth, simple lifestyle leadership, as well as just connect with my table community, my table tribe. So I hope that you'll spend a few minutes with me as we jump in to whatever God has put on my heart this week. And don't forget that you're never too far gone from where God wants to take you. You are loved, you are seen, and he wants to desperately know everything about you. I love you guys. Thanks for listening. Let's jump into this. Hi, you guys. Havala Cunnington here. We, I'm going to jump right into the 10 wins that you need in your everyday life. Now, I want to tell you a story first, and then I'll kind of begin to share with you some of my tips and tricks to how I've been doing this. First of all, when we started Truth the Table, we did not call it Truth the Table. In fact, the ministry was called Everyday, uh, Living Your Best Life Now. This was before Joel Osteen and all those little things were happening with this movement of your best life now and living your best life now. But I thought, oh, I want to call it uh, my living my best life now because that's what I'm trying to do. And it actually came out of a, one of the darkest seasons of my life. And I was a mom. I had four kids under the age of five. Um, I had been a worship pastor, then a teaching pastor. Um, I got married. We got pregnant three months in. And I was... Uh, I was really great at being single and in ministry. <laughs> I was really great at being like super connected to God, uh, connected to my heart when I was single. And then when I got married, it started to feel more challenging. Like, oh, wait, I've got to give my, some of my life to you and my time. And then I've also got to give some of my life and time to, uh, you know, to my own spiritual life. And I struggled with that. And I remember feeling this sense of shame, which sounds so weird that there would be a sense of shame. Uh, but here I am, an ordained minister. I'm on staff at this church. We have five services going. I'm teaching every five weeks. Um, we have this thriving environment, and I am I can barely get a quiet time together. I can barely find time to read my Bible. I'm having baby after baby. I'm up all night nursing. Uh, I'd get up in the morning, and even if I had a quiet moment, I couldn't think about everything I needed to do. Um, and so my my life consisted of getting everybody fed, consisted of every there, there being like good food in the house, uh, gas in the car. Um, it just consisted of all those kind of basic things. And at that point, the economy was really, really going down in California. And if you were in California in 2008, then you'll know we all hit a major roadblock as, a, as really a nation, but, but specifically as a state. And I was, we were drowning. We were financially drowning, Ben and I. And we were doing everything we knew how to do. We were in debt. We had saved money. Um, he was working three jobs. He was he was doing a like a corporate paper route at five four thirty in the morning every Thursday. Uh, he was also doing uh, sound for a sound tech company on the weekends for weddings. Um, I was leading worship. I was teaching, and I was also uh, my sister and I had started up this food company called Fresh and Easy, and we were trying to do this like make food, deliver food, and that's what we were doing. And it, uh, meanwhile. 
our finances kept going down at the church and in our lives. And I remember one of the lowest moments was we had had four pay cuts in one year. And I had this realization when I went to the clinic to get my kids um, some medical stuff. They said, oh, no, you are totally eligible for WIC. You're even eligible for welfare if you want it. And I remember kind of being shocked, like, what? Like, I, I don't understand. I, am, I, am I at that place in my life where I'm actually could be on, on welfare? Is that, not that it's above anybody, but I just, I knew we were struggling, but I didn't know how much we were struggling. And then I remember um, talking to a friend and saying, I feel like guilty. Like, I don't want to go get this food at WIC, but gosh, we could really use it. We keep eating these paychecks. I have four kids at home. I don't know how to navigate this. And they said to me, oh, well, this is, you know, this is why they have this stuff there. It's for people that need it. And so you should, you've been paying taxes, that you're a tax paying individual. Um, you should take the resources if they're available. And I remember um, feeling so embarrassed to walk into the WIC um, office and hoping like, oh my gosh, I've been a pastor in this city for 15 years. I have four kids. I'm I'm shocked that this is going to be my life. And sitting there with a whole room full of people and waiting to meet with somebody so that my kids could be weighed so that they could find out what our financial status was and so that they could give us some checks for WIC is like a women and infants, I think it's a, a, or WIC, women and children, I think, or something like that. And it's basically where they give you coupons for bread and milk and veggies and you can't spend on anything other than uh, a certain area and the store next door to the WIC office had this store. And so here I am, I am, I'm feeling like at my lowest at this point. And I'm feeling like this, my life is going opposite to what I think is going to happen. You know, I'm, I have, I have less money than I've ever had. I have less opportunity. I have four babies. I am tired. Um, are, you know, I, I'm just living paycheck to paycheck, you know, right hand to mouth and not a lot left over. And, you know, we're taking, we're taking our family to like Mexican food restaurants because they give you free chips and salsa or I'm get, taking them to restaurants where they serve you bread and butter. Cause I'm like, that's like two meals. I mean, I'm like nursing my kids as long as I can. Cause it's, it's cheaper. And I'm just, I'm struggling with that, this idea. And I remember being so desperate um, I called one of my friends and I was like, listen, I need to do a Bible study. Like I'm, I'm a minister. I love God. Every second that I can get, I've got worship music playing. I'm trying to read my Bible. I'm feeling really defeated. I'm, I'm not feeling defeated in my, in my marriage, my marriage, which is awesome. Cause that was the first five years. Um, I'm not feeling defeated in my physical frame, but I am feeling defeated financially. I'm feeling defeated mentally. I, I, I can't get it together. And I need someone, I need someone to help me. And I feel like if I could do a Bible study where somebody's done the work, then I could actually five, 10 minutes a day, I could read this Bible study and I could start to give something, invest something in my spiritual life. So the only person I could think of was Beth Moore. And she, I had heard of her name. We didn't have Bible studies in our church. We, in California, it was, you know, we weren't in the South. We weren't in the deep South where people were doing uh, Beth Moore studies. And as I say, I need a Bible study. I go and find her study and someone says, you can come, but you're going to, and this wasn't her. She didn't set this up. The church did, but it was, you have to come four, four, you know, four weeks in a row, five weeks in a row. You've got to pay for the Bible study and then you'll have to have childcare. And I remember sitting thinking like, 
I don't think they understand. I don't have $100 of childcare a month. That's not where my world is. One day I might. Um, I don't have $40 to spend on a Bible study. I, I didn't. I mean, I legitimately would save my, you know, $10 a week so I could go have a Starbucks. That was like a treat. Uh, maybe five bucks, right? And so I, I started battling with this. And I, I remember sitting in my living room and thinking, this, this feels off. Like, we are believers. We want to be able to create a life in God. We want to help. We want to be able to grow something. But why do we have to feel like there's all these roadblocks to, I've got to go somewhere. I've got to be with a bunch of people. I've got to get babysitting. I've got to take a shower. I've got to wear pants. I have to do all these things. I, I don't know. I just want five, 10 minutes with God a day. That's all I'm looking for. I, I don't have anything else to invest. And so I started going through this process and I, I told the Lord, like, Lord, why can't I find something like this? And I heard the Lord say to me, why don't you write it? And I was like, do you know I have four kids? Like, you know, you know, I've been impregnated four times. <laughs> you know that I've given birth four times. You know that we're dead broke. You know that I can't, I can't do any, like, I don't, I don't have a college education. You know that I am severely dyslexic. Um, and not only that, I'm not much of a studier in the word. Like, I love the Bible. I'm, I've always been you know, around the word, but I don't have this innate, like, oh, I just study and everything's highlighted. My Bible wasn't one of those highlighted Bibles that had sticky notes everywhere. I'm not a bookworm. I'm like, I'm like a TV worm <laughs> or I'm like an iPad worm. Like I'm a, I'm very creative. I like things that are visual. I'm a visual learner. And I just, that's not me. And I heard the Holy Spirit say, there are a bunch of people like you, Havila, that don't have the time, don't have the resources, that need spiritual truths in bite-sized pieces. And if you're willing to write this, you can help a lot of people. And that's when I sat down and I wrote my first study, which was called Keep Calm, Finish Strong. I'm getting somewhere, I promise. So in the middle of this dark moment, in the middle of feeling so defeated and honestly ashamed, yeah, ashamed, embarrassed, um, hoping no one recognizes me as I go into the office, hoping no one recognizes me as I go into the store next door. Um, then kind of being like, well, it is what it is. You know, everyone's experiencing this. But going through all of this turmoil inside and the Lord says, create something. And I'm like, I, I don't know how to create something. I can't take a retreat. Um, I can't go to college. I don't have time to do this. I don't know how to do this. And the Lord began to show me, I want you to just take like, 10 minutes a day during nap time and just begin to pray. Just begin to use your words and just begin to declare the things that you have not seen yet. And I'm like, wait, no, 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 no. Like I'm not word of faith. Like I love, I love name it and claim it. I don't, but I don't, that's not my world. Like I don't name it and claim it. And I just heard the Lord really clearly say to me, you can't create what you don't name. You have to name it first. I'm like, okay. So I began to like walk and I'll never forget. I mean, like as if it was yesterday, I'm sitting in my dining room and the two littles are in the living room uh, watching Elmo. And in the back of it is na-na-na-na-na-na-na Elmo's world, na-na-na-na. And I am sitting there with my Bible. And as I sit there, I started to feel really tired because you guys know when you're busy and you're hustling and you're not getting a lot of sleep, the first thing you do is when you have any kind of peace and quiet, you just want to fall asleep. And so I remember feeling really tired, like, oh, I, I can't, and just exhausted. And I heard the Lord say, just get up and walk. And so I would spend the nap time just pacing 
uh, in, in the living room during that one 30 minute world that my kids, the two littles were asleep and the two big ones are big, op- awake and just like walking that. And I began to realize something that I wish somebody had told me a decade earlier. In fact, I wish somebody had told me this um, when I started serving Jesus from the very beginning, because I did not have this right. I wish somebody would have told me that success isn't this big leap of faith. It's not just this moment where we sell everything, or it's not one of these moments where we leave our, you know, our home. Success, those are big moments of faith, but often success is going to be very small incremental changes that we give ourselves to every single day to alter our course. So it's like a big ship in our lives. We just give a little bit of time to something every single day and we begin to alter our mindset, our heart set, our lifestyle, uh, our hope, our faith, our peace. It begins to alter that. But that I was responsible for that and that I didn't need it to be idealistic. I just needed to give myself to it. And so I began to think about this idea, and I heard this phrase, which was, every day wins. And I heard that phrase, and I was like, oh, like winning in the everyday? And I heard the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me about everyday wins means, yes, that you you can win in your everyday, but also you've got to pick one thing that you win at every single day. And this seems like a no-brainer. It's not like rocket science, you know? I understand it's not earth shattering, but how many of you know when you get like one thing that you needed to hear and your everything gets illuminated? Do you know what I'm talking about? Where you could hear the same scripture over and over, you could hear the same worship song over and over, but like at one minute, it all just makes sense. And as he says it to me, I I really hear the Holy Spirit begin to speak to me that um, he wanted to empower me to win in the everyday by doing the thing he's asking me to do, not doing the thing that I think is going to lead to success. So instead of getting stuck on, I need to work out for this long. I need to, you know, go over here and write this. I need to read this. I need to, it was like the Holy Spirit was like, stop. I don't want you to do anything that you think is going to be successful. I want you to stop where you are and I want you to ask me. And I want you to see that if you'll give yourself to something small every single day, I can alter the course of what's happening in your world. I'm like, okay, I'm going to do this. And I began to figure out this process. Well, meanwhile, I write multiple Bible studies. We actually lose our job. They can't keep us on. We leave town. We have to move cities, homes. I go lived in a city that I have no family, no really close friends. I have our four babies. Uh, we land somewhere. I've got to work full time in order to for us both to pay our bills. We're both working, hustling in another place. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to write. I'm going to write. I'm going to continue to write. So I wrote a couple Bible studies. God begins to move on those Bible studies. But I can't shake this thing because there's something about success and there's something about um, when you begin to experience momentum, it's easy to forget what it took to get there. It's almost like, oh, you need to get a publisher. Oh, you need to, you know, buy this book or this course, or oh, you need to. And the Holy Spirit's like, Havala, go back to when you were sitting in your living room, embarrassed because you couldn't get to this point, not knowing how to take the next step. And I want you to trace back to that moment. And I want you to tell people what you did at that moment, because that moment is is the break moment. It's 
It isn't all this other stuff. Our, my life will look different than yours. My marriage will look different than yours. My kids will look different than you. It is, it's, I could never give you a duplicate of my life. In fact, that would be the wrong thing for me to teach you is to say, oh, you gotta be like me. Um, that is ego connected. That's, that's you trying to become me so that I can feel better about my life. But if I really love you, then I'm gonna say, listen, here are the things that aren't a big deal and here are the things that are really a big deal. And if you were my daughter, if you were my sister, if you were my friend, and we were sitting having a cup of coffee together and you were asking me, how do I do, how do I go to the next place? I would look at you and say, there are specific moments every single day, one thing, two things, three things, but there is something the Holy Spirit's highlighting for you to jump into and you gotta lean into that. And you need to ignore all the other things that are trying to demand your attention. And you need to give yourself to that thing because you don't know what that thing's going to open up. I did not know that Bible studies would open up my entire world. I did not know that my husband and I would work full-time for Truth to Table. I did not know that we would have an office and we have um, almost eight staff members. I had, I had no idea. All I know is I'm turning in my WIC checks. I'm being diligent in my local church. I'm writing a little bit during nap time in the middle of the Elmo's world. That's all I know. And if somebody had said, oh, well, you, it's so easy. No, no, no. It is way different when you're giving God like a fish and loaves. It's way different to read the story in the Bible that's like, and he fed thousands. You're like, yeah, but that's not how it feels in life. It feels like I have a simple lunch that, I make every day. Would you like my peanut butter and jelly sandwich? Because <laughs> I'll give it to you. That's how it feels. So here's what I want to share with you is in order for you to create the life that you want to live, and I, I want you to take a minute because I think Christians are the worst at this. When I say create the life you want, often we kind of get caught in this picture of, oh, the life I want is me on a platform. Oh, the life I want is me on a yacht in the middle of nowhere. Like the life I want is me married to that cute guy. Oh, the life I want is this. And, and that's not really what you want. That's not what you want. That feels like what you want right now because you're in the hustle and bustle. You're in the, I got to make this work. You know, this is my everyday life. But that's not what you want. What you really are chasing and what I've found in my own life I wasn't chasing the publication of a book. I wasn't chasing an invitation to speak somewhere. I wasn't chasing um, working full-time for myself. That wasn't. I was chasing a fe the feeling of being fully present to my purpose on the planet. That's what I was chasing. I wasn't chasing all those other things. You know why? Because none of those things have brought, have brought me any fulfillment. Like, I just, you need to hear this because it's a mirage. None of those things have brought me any fulfillment for a second, for five minutes, for a day, but none of those things have lasted long-term fulfillment because all of those things are insatiable. You get a book, okay, are you going to get another book? Are you going to be a New York Times bestseller? Are you going to get invited to the book conference? Are you, and it's endless. You're going to get to speak or you're going to get to speak over there? Are you going to get invited to in this conference? Are you going to go to this place? And it's insatiable. Everything that you're thinking about, I want to be a great photographer. Okay, well, then it's going to be, well, are you going to be invited with these photographers? And are you going to actually have your own, you know, coffee table book? And you're going to get caught up in all of that. And what I want you to do is I want you to pull everything back and I want you to ask yourself, what feeling do I want at the end of the day? What is the thing that I want when I go to bed at night and lay my head on a pillow and I go, okay, God, this 
is the feeling I've been chasing. What is that? And I don't want you just to be like overly spiritual. Like, I just want to know that it's, I'm well done and good, good, faithful servant. Like, that's great. But I'm talking about a sense that you are being fully present to your purpose on the planet. And what I have found in my own life, and I can't speak for you, but what I can do is tell you what's worked for me. And that is, it requires you to find your win today. What's the one thing you can do that will move you toward the person you want to become, that moves you towards the feeling that you want to live with, what moves you towards the, the, the purpose on the planet that God puts you here for. And when you begin to make that decision, whether it's small or large, it's really irrelevant because ultimately you're the only one that's going to be able to partner with the Holy Spirit to know. Somebody might say, oh, you got to go to college. Oh, you got to move over here. Oh, you got to marry this person. And you'll know, oh, no, no, it's so simple. It's me getting up every morning for 30 minutes and reading, really giving myself to my spiritual life. Oh, no, it's, it's me every day, you know, working really hard so I can be home when my kids get, get back from work, from work, from school. Um, I don't know what it is, but you're going to know what it is. And what you want to do is ask yourself, what do I want to feel? And what's, what am I chasing? And for me personally, I can't speak for you, but for me personally, I want to be able to go to bed at night and say, Havila Cunnington showed up as the best version of herself in her world. And I don't want to be anybody else, and I don't want anybody else. I just want to be me. And that's, that's something that I chase every single day. So here's what I want you to think about. And I, I'm sure that this is going to be, uh, yeah, it's kind of like a mirror, so I can't really tell you. But if you kind of see this picture here, it's, and those of you that are just listening, it's like a bit of a circle and it has little, um, it's like a sun and all those little tips of the sun, the rays of the sun have areas that are really critical um, to you winning in your everyday. So here's some areas that you, I call your 10 wins. Here are the 10 ways that we can, we need to be winning. And you can't pick all of them at once. You pick one at once, but it does show you kind of a holistic. So obviously your spiritual life, you know, you got to win in your spiritual life. You can't think, well, when it all works out, I'll be a spiritual person. The Bible says that everything is passing away, but our spirit. So we want to grow our spirit. We want to grow our relationship with Christ. We want him to be Lord of our life so that when we uh, don't know what to do or don't know where we are at the end of our life, we know, hey, we did the right thing. We know, we know our creator and our creator knows us and we are, we're going to end up with him. Another area is your marriage. Now, some of you aren't married. I get that. For those of you that are, listen, your marriage is a place where you can win. Sometimes people say, you know, oh, how did you fulfill your call? I'm like, well, some days it was preaching a message and other days it was going on a fantastic date night. Why? Because why get to the end of the rainbow and not have anything? Why get to the end of the rainbow and realize my marriage is a mess, my kids don't like me, I have this gorgeous house and all this, all this stuff, but nobody wants to be with me? No, no thanks. And so I think what's really critical is to ask yourself, okay, how am I giving myself to my marriage so that my kids can be raised in a home where having a healthy relationship is elevated, where they know how to be treated, and they know how to treat someone else, where they know how to be separate than someone else without being disrespectful, where they can celebrate someone and lay their life down and serve someone else rather than just living for themselves. Marriage is so much more than just having a wedding date. It is all about learning to love someone in the middle of their everyday life and showing the character of Christ on display for everyone in our homes. And that's 
really critical. Um, your mess, the best message you'll ever preach will never be on a platform. It will always be in your home. And so you have to ask yourself, am I giving my kids a healthy picture of a marriage? You need to ask yourself that. And I know we don't talk about it very often, but if that's not, if you're not doing that, then I challenge you to go back and ask yourself, where did I go wrong and what can I do? Ben and I, we have done counseling. We have done marriage retreats. We have read books together. Our marriage, in, in my world, we have to work on our marriage. I, don't, I didn't just get married and throw the seed in the, in the ground and go, I hope I grow a good marriage. No, no, no. My marriage, I had to put seed, put water, uproot some major weeds that wanted to kill our marriage. I had to go to work to get my marriage thriving. And sometimes it's thriving, other times it's surviving, and I have to do the work to make it happen. So there might be something today that's your small win. It might be a sexy text message to your spouse. It might be a, hey, I'm so glad out of all the people in the whole world, you chose me to spend your life with. Thank you. And if we got up every morning thinking that, I think our lives would change. Another area is fun, which we talk a lot about at Truth to Table over in our, in our community. But, you know, fun is critical. Are you winning in fun? You know, I always think about the Bible says that laughter is good like medicine. It heals our heart. It's good for us. I remember when I was diagnosed with postpartum depression, the, the, my counselor said to me, I want you to go home, get the movie that makes you laugh the most, pop it on and watch it. We want to release all of your endorphins and serotonin levels and dopamine, all the things that are rewarding. And I was like, that's not spiritual. I'm in depression. I need to go pray more, read more, you know, prophesy more. And she's like, no, you need to get your body working for you. And I remember I got one of my favorite shows and I sat and watched that every single night. And that was my win. I know it doesn't sound amazing, but my win during that season was being willing to not over, uh, be overdramatic, overdramatize my season, be overly serious, live in shame, live in defeat. My win was to put on a movie and say, you know what? This is the, this is the right thing for, to heal my mind, to heal my heart at this moment. Another area is your kids. We don't have time to do all of these, so I'll have to come back and do more. But your kids are critical. You know, our kids, like I said, our kids aren't props. They're not just people that are along for the ride and we hope that they make it. We're trying to raise healthy human beings for the earth. Uh, not just that, to carry on what, what, what their spiritual call is, but to live fully present to their purpose on the planet. And so for some of you, I love you, I get it. There are times when I literally have to bring my boys and be like, hey, mom has not been who she wants to be. And the way that I talked to you there, the way that I said that, like, that makes me really sad that that's even in my heart. Will you forgive me? I need to press restart. And, like, I'll even say to them, like, can we all just, like, act like there's a restart button right here and let's all press it together? And we will do that because the truth is, is that shame wants to keep me where I am. But when I actually come in repentance and start fresh, I actually can move forward. So for some of you with your kids, it's time to start fresh. Maybe there's habits. You know, you shouldn't have to yell at your kids all day. I love you. I get it. I understand. Your kids should not just be hearing you scream at them all day. They should feel that they can be talked to and respected in a way that they are a, a human being and they're separate and that they are loved and it's a safe place. Today I gathered our boys. They were being uh, punks to each other before we got to school. And I gathered everybody in our entryway. And I was like, hey, here's the deal. I love you guys, but the world is not a nice place. I'm just giving it to them straight. Like, the world is not a good place. There are people who are not nice. Uh, people are going to say really mean things to you. 
Uh, you're going to be mocked for reasons you didn't even know you could be mocked. Um, there are people out there that are out to get you. This isn't like, a you know, they're like, awesome, let's go to school. But I just want you to catch, I said, but our responsibility is to make home the safest place for you to land. And so when you guys mock each other and you're being punks to each other, guess what? You're basically telling your brothers, this is not safe either. And I am not going to allow that in our home. So just so you know, this home is my home. I pay for this home. The lights are on because of me. The food is here because your dad and I. So here's the deal. We are going to be a safe place to land. And I will not allow you to degrade or mock or ridicule anybody in this home. And no one is allowed to do that. And it sounds strong, but the truth is if you don't lay that, if you don't put that precedent, then your kids, you'll notice all of a sudden they're mocking and they're saying names and they're, you know, saying things to you that you would never expect. And it's a slippery slope. So you've got to set the bar by giving them a vision. I want our home to be the safest place to land. So this is how we're going to do it. And whether they got it or not, doesn't matter. I said it and it's out there. Okay. Another area is environment. So, you know, it's, you can't have a clean mind and a clean perspective when you're surrounded by clutter. And so one of the things that I love to do is, because I'm actually kind of a, a bit of a pack rat. I have a tendency, I'm like, I'm like a clean pack rat. Like I pack things, I stack things, I shove things in drawers. I, it looks clean on the outside, but I'm not super clean on the inside. And um, so one of the things I really have to win in is organizing. So two days ago, my big win for the day to clean up my closet. How long have I been putting that off? Like a month, but it was time. And I could go read a spiritual book and I could go on a great date night, but the truth is that wasn't my win for the day. My win for the day was to get my closet edited, cleaned out to start fresh. So you need to think about that. What's the thing that's wearing you down? What's the thing that when you think about it, you're like, you want to avoid? That's the thing that you want to begin to, to navigate and focus on for that day. Another area is personal development. So you could be checking all the boxes and doing your budget and doing your workout, but if you're not actually learning by reading and growing and building something, you'll miss that as well. Another area is finance. Another area is work. There's so much we could talk about. I won't prolong it. Another area is health and relationships. So the 10 wins are spiritual, marriage, fun, kids, environment, finance, personal development, health, and relationships. And all of those 10 areas, there's usually one thing that bothers us the most, and that's the thing we need to do, that one thing. So for me today, the one thing that I needed to work on was work. I needed to get some content out there. I had to do this video. I had to do a podcast. Everyone's waiting for me. The one thing that I wanted to do was I wanted to go organize my garage because I'm like, oh, there's stuff everywhere, and I want to get it all organized. And I was like, nope, that's a great win but that's not my win today. So you gotta fix, figure out your win. So here's what I want to finish with. There are 10 kind of truths that we believe at Truth to Table about this. Number one is um, we, we believe big success happens when we stop limiting our life and start dreaming big. Um, you know, here's the deal. You're, you're, uh, if you're not dreaming, then something is not happening internally that you need. Because the Bible says, uh, where there is no vision, where there is no dream, we perish. It means we, we don't succeed. We don't have hope. And so if there's something, and I love that we have this conversation going on, but I don't think it's really that important, um, is, is that uh, when we focus on, um, 
on the dreaming again. So I think that oftentimes we get stuck in pits of pain and pits of discouragement. And what does healthy look like? Healthy looks like when we actually have permission to dream again, what the future holds. And I have I have a lot of things I want to share with you about that that I've been thinking about writing, reading a book about. I want to talk about dreaming and how to actually dream your life differently. So I'm going to work on that this month with you. Um, secondly is to celebrate something every day. You know, gratitude. Everyone's like championing gratitude. But the truth is, can you find something to celebrate? Like I'm happy I'm sober. I'm happy that I'm married. I'm happy that, you know, we didn't go under. I'm happy that I'm on my way. And I need you to pick one thing and not just think it, but say it out loud. God, I'm so grateful that my kids get to go to school. God, I'm so grateful that I'm safe. God, I'm so grateful um, that I have a dog, <laughs> whatever it is. Uh, to really thanking God. We also believe that taking small steps in the right direction is really important. Also, um, acknowledging that winning is in the small stuff. Uh, recognizing small wins create big, big lives. Trust that God has our best interest. Believe all wins matter. Living present to our purpose on the planet. To invest, persist, and not give up. And then lastly, to stop letting timelines define us. So what am I going to be talking about this season? And if you want to follow me this month, my focus is going to be really on finding your everyday win and how do you do that. I kind of gave you a broad instance, but I actually want to take these areas and begin to show you how we're doing that. And I'll even have a printout that will allow you to write it out and it'll all be like just a gift to you. So stick with me. But the goal is this. We create the life we want through everyday wins. We believe that. We create the life we want through everyday wins. And at Truth to Table, I know there's guys and girls on here, but I'll just tell you what our mission is. And that is empowering the everyday woman through everyday wins. I could also say empowering the everyday person through everyday wins. So today, what is that one thing you need to do? Don't put it off. If it's the bill you need to pay, if it's the person you need to call, if it's the sorry you need to give, whatever it is, if it's the closet you need to clean out, I'm telling you, don't put that off. That's the one thing that will get you closer to fulfilling the purpose on the planet, but also will get you that feeling of knowing that you are becoming everything you're called to be. Well, I hope that really blessed your life. I hope that everything God is trying to get to you, you grabbed a hold of. Again, don't forget to give me a shout out on the socials. I'm there almost every day. And if this podcast really spoke to you, would you consider leaving a review so others can find this podcast and as well as some stars? I hope you have a great day and I'll catch you next time.